Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the many things you've blessed us with this day. And now the blessed opportunity to get back in your word. Thank you oh so much for that as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word heaven, we'll turn to the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 10. We see here a reference to the Father in heaven. It reads Matthew chapter 10. Verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. The words of Jesus Christ teaching us about this confession is to proclaim. To proclaim yourself as a Christian as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, is what he's speaking of. And then he will proclaim us as a member of the family to the Heavenly Father. Verse 33, But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. So those that deny Jesus Christ are denying their belief or their trust or their connection to Jesus Christ. Therefore, they are not part of the family. Therefore, they are not going to receive the benefits of being a Christian. And not going to heaven. Alright, now turn to Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 12, here we see another reference to Father in heaven. As we pick it up in Matthew 12, verse 46. Where it reads, While he yet talked... Of course, speaking of Jesus Christ, to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without design to speak with him. This is talking about his mother Mary and his brothers. He had brothers and sisters. Then one said unto him, Behold, my mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him, that told him, Who is my mother, and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples, and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Teaching us there that we have the opportunity and availability to become adopted into the family of God and be considered as important as a mother or a brother or a sister to Jesus Christ. And that is so awesome that he has opened that up to us to allow us to be adopted into his family. And referring to those out there, as he says, For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Brother and sister and mother in Christ, part of the family, never to be kicked out, always part of the family. Sure, you can become a disobedient child, but you're still part of the family. You're going to suffer for being a disobedient child, sure. You're going to get a whooping, you're going to get the chastisement, but you're still part of the family. That's so awesome that we get adopted and we are always
part of his family, always able to receive the blessings, the grace, the mercy, as well as the chastisement and corrections that we many times really need. And he gives us because he loves us, because we are part of the family. Matthew chapter 13, he gets into a subject of mysteries. The mysteries to heaven. When you become a Christian and the Holy Ghost comes into you and begins to teach you, revealing to you the mysteries of the Word of God, the mysteries that are kept from those that do not trust in Jesus Christ. And he goes about teaching the multitudes in parables, which are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. And they could be mysterious and not really understand the full meaning of it because they look at it in just the human side and not the spiritual side. But when you become part of the family of God and and he allows you to understand the mysteries found within the parables. As he's teaching the disciples here in Matthew chapter 13, pick it up verse 10 when the disciples start to ask about these parables. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Not given yet. When they become part of the family, then they also can receive understanding of those mysteries. As he continues... For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Now what you have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost. You have the adoption into the family. Then you have all these blessings poured upon you. But if you don't have the previous, then... You don't have that connection, and what will be taken away from you is life itself when you're pulled away from the presence of God, never to be before God again, cast into the lake of fire for eternity, taking away even that that you have. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. So why don't they hear? Why don't they see? Why don't they understand it? It's because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. They don't want to understand it. And then is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross. So notice, their hearts waxed gross. They have closed it off. They are hard-hearted, as they say. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. They have done this to themselves. They don't want to see the light. They don't want to see the truth, because then they would know that there is accountability. Then they would know that they have to change their lives. They have to repent. Then they don't want to do that, so they closed their eyes. They plugged their ears for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they shall see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. 
They don't want to be converted. They don't want to be changed. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. These disciples, they were right there with Jesus Christ, and being able to hear him preach, and being able to see the miracles, those are the things that the prophets were teaching about would come to be. And they were really looking forward to maybe being able to see some of that. But here the disciples are actually able to witness it and go through it and see it. Now the Lord begins teaching about heaven in form of the kingdom of heaven and what the kingdom of heaven is like. So we understand that the kingdom of heaven is the family of believers. It's becoming part of the family of God and the relationship that we have with God by being part of the kingdom. The opportunities, the blessings, the grace, the mercy, all as he teaches us here. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Now he's teaching them about the parable that he had just given the multitudes about the sower and the seeds. It reads, When any one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and Anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Christians, as well as those that have not become Christians, is what he's speaking of here. The born again and the ones that are just curious. Let's go back and look at some of these. Verse 19 again. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, speaking of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the opportunity of salvation, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Those out there that have heard the word of God, but didn't pick up on it at all weren't interested in it whatsoever. Verse 20, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and Anon with joy receiveth it. Like, wow, this is interesting. This is curious. I want to look at this a little further. They're kind of drawn in. Not really accepted it yet, but hearing it got the curiosity up. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, no root, no attachment, 
no attachment to the Lord, haven't trusted the Lord yet. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Like they start to see and hear the persecution that comes upon Christians. The wiles of the devil. The fiery darts. Like, whoa, I don't want nothing to do with that. I'm out of here. Verse 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. 22 is possibly speaking of a person that become a Christian, but because of the surroundings that he's in, the thorns it speaks of, he doesn't grow and he becomes unfruitful. Could still be a Christian that he's speaking of, somebody who has accepted the word, but is suppressed by the surroundings, by the family or by the government or by the surroundings that they are in. I mean, it's he also that receives seed among the thorns. It's speaking of what they are going through, their life, their family, their associates, their job, their government, their nation. Is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. When they see the care of this world, see, they get distracted. They're thinking, well, I don't have time to get into this Christianity stuff. I have to work on Sundays. And then they don't do any study on their own. They don't reach out and find other sources of interaction with the Lord or study of the Bible or association with Christians. And they become unfruitful. The deceitfulness of riches, they're drawn away by the lustful desires of greediness and and the things of this world. Their focus is more on treasures here rather than treasures in heaven. It says, it choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful, does not bear the fruits of the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost. Verse 23, But he that receives seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word. Now this hearing isn't just hearing it in the ears. This is taking it in. Verse 23 is really talking about the truly born-again Christians that have really received the Word of God and understandeth it. Understanding comes by the wisdom of the Holy Ghost that is shared to us, which also beareth fruit. You're bearing the fruits of the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Bearing those fruits... It's going to show when you truly become a born-again Christian. The world is going to see it. You're going to be able to share those blessings with the world. All right, now continuing on, he continues to teach them about the kingdom of heaven is likened. As he reads in chapter 13, verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now, tares is basically a weed. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. 
So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence, when hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Is gather the tares to go out in amongst the wheat and pull up the weeds, basically. He said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. See, the the weeds with their roots spreading out, entangling in the roots of the wheat. Just as we see infiltrators into the family of God, into the churches, in and amongst the believers, posing themselves as part of the family, but are not. They are infiltrators of Satan. As he continues, Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Taking out the tares, going to burn them gathering the wheat into the barn, just as he prophesies about the coming of the millennial period, the judgments that are going to be at the end of the tribulation time when he takes all the evil and casts them into hell and the righteous are able to go over into the millennial period. The evil or the tares being gathered and thrown into the fire, the righteous being able to go into the barn, being able to go into the millennial period to rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years. That's the mystery that is within that verse 30 there. As he continues, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. How influential the Word of God is, how influential a Christian can be, it can grow and spread and become great and mighty, all the way up to the point where even the birds can light upon. Now, some have said that these birds are possibly an indication of infiltrators or demons or something like that, but that's reading a whole lot into it that he's not talking about here, so be careful with that. As he continues, verse 33, Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. Now, leaven is yeast. When you put just a touch of yeast in the dough, then it responds and has a chemical reaction, and you have the swelling up of the bread. So it takes just a little bit to influence all of that dough. Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. 
And here he's teaching them how just a little bit here, a little bit there, and it can spread and grow and have influence on everything around. Verse 34, all these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send, his, send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Again the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. These two last parables are talking about how precious and how valuable the kingdom is, how valuable it truly is, and how these that he's referring to here truly understand that, willing to devote everything to become part of and to associate with and enjoy the kingdom of heaven. Verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea, and gathered of every kind, which when it was full they drew to shore, and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. See, you go back to 47, where he says, The kingdom of heaven. This is the group of believers. But infiltrators within that group, just like the tares that he was speaking of earlier, infiltrated it, they be taken out. They will be separated, and they will be cast into the lake of fire. Jesus saith unto him, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Quick response, but they really didn't. They really hadn't understood it. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is an householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. If you truly understand it, you're going to bring in all of it. You're going to understand all of it. You're going to understand the Old Testament and the New Testament and be able to reveal the understanding of it to others as well.
Alright, now on over to Matthew chapter 18, where he further teaches about the kingdom of heaven. Picking it up in verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them. Now this attitude that they're displaying here, carnal attitude, of pride, arrogance, lifting up themselves as being something important and wondering who is the most important. They were getting the wrong attitude. So the Lord tells them, you must humble yourself, as he says here, verse 3, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You must come in and humble yourself. Not come in and, I am so wise, I am so capable, I should be lifted up in authority over others. He blew it. You come in humbly. How may I serve? Attitude. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. This is speaking of new Christians, new believers as children that need to grow. But this is also talking about the actual young people, children. This country and this world, especially in this country lately, has done such a t- terrible, terrible job of, of properly teaching the children. They have corrupted the children's minds. They have destroyed many of those children's opportunity to be a part of the family of God. They have perverted many children, and they continue to do so in the public school systems, in the sports, and in many other ways. They pull the children out of church. They pull the children away from God. They teach them to be adversaries, to war against each other in these sports activities and so forth. Your enemy, we're going out, we're going to destroy them, attitude that they bombard the children with. This adversarial attitude toward others, rather than a teaching them of unity and harmony and, and love. It's all about battle, and all about fight, all about conquer your enemy, attitude. And then this whole perversion with the transgenders and the gender neutral and the other sexual perversions that they're teaching the children, bringing in drag queens into the schools and perverting the children's minds and corrupting them right from the very earliest. It's all part of this right here. As it says, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, you offend a child, you put a stumbling block in the way of a child, you prevent a child from being able to serve the Lord or worship the Lord in the way that that child truly desires and truly should be, then you fall under this category. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. 
you're better off dead than to cause a problem for a child when it comes to serving the Lord. That's clear and simple. And there's a whole lot of that going on, especially in this country. Between the perversions that are being taught in the public schools and the sports systems and so forth that are being bombarded, being piled upon the children, that are being forced upon the children. It's horrible what's going on in this country. And they will pay for it. There will be a day of accountability. We can be thankful for that. They are going to be held accountable. you got to turn away from it. As it says there in verse 7, Woe unto this world because of offenses. That's a warning. Woe unto all you that are part of that system. Encourage it. Support it. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses cometh. Two warnings there. You best watch out what you do when it comes to dealing with children. You do anything whatsoever to prevent them from serving the Lord, you're going to pay for it. Clear and simple. Verse 8. Wherefore, if thy hand or foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. He's not teaching to literally cut yourself apart. He's talking about behaviors. He's talking about activities, attitudes, and so forth. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Come to save the lost. And he allows us to be a part of that. Share the gospel. Help the little ones. Help the children. Come in humbly to the Lord. Say, Lord, what can I do to help expand the kingdom, to benefit the kingdom, to serve you? Hunk of clay in your hands, mold me into whatever you would have me to be. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the many things you teach us. And thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be able to get into your word. And the opportunities you give us to be able to share it with others out there as well. Encourage all of us to be a part of that. And that we all can be a benefit to the youth, benefit to the children, to be able to help them come to you rather than pull them away. We thank you oh so much for all of it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.